welcome back to Natural 20, our second episode. Yay! Yay! Hi, I'm Dr. Shell Lapham, aka the Drunk Phytologist, or I'm also called DP or Phyto. I use pronouns she, her, and... I'm Ethan Lapham, uh, known as Talking363, and I use he, him. And we're back! We didn't flop! It worked! Yay! Yay! <laughs> so... Uh, we wanted to thank everyone for all the great feedback we got on our first episode about owlbears. Everyone seemed to really enjoy it and like it, um, which I hope that we'll be able to keep this particular streak <laughs> at least for a little while. Um, but we also got a submission for we're going to start a brand new segment, new segment called Creature Feature. And so a uh, friend of the show, Geronimus, who hangs out in the Insight Check podcast and also on Twitter, sent me a creature feature. And so I'm going to summarize a little bit of a story that he sent me. But it was back in, Jeronimus was in 1992, and 12-year-old Jeronimus wanted to play D&D with some friends. But at the time, they could only manage to get the Player's Handbook or the Dungeon Master's Guide, but the Monster Manual was sold out. And so, and since there was no such thing as Amazons or D&D Beyond, and yes, we know on D&D Beyond it's never been easier. That's right. <laughs> we had to improvise. So, Jeronimus at the time, being the oldest, was a DM and had decided that it was his task to come out with monsters because he knew that the game would either succeed or flop and did not want it to be a disaster. And so, while drafting a dungeon, we came up with... And this is one of my favorite things ever. Lomo Chicken Canary Fent. So, this is a conglomeration of a steam locomotive, a chicken, a canary, and an elephant. <laughs> I love the look on your face. <laughs> I have many questions. I have many questions. Go on. Geronimus told us that the ecology of said monsters had never settled into his consciousness at this point. And that monsters existed, why not it be something very scary? So this creature has the body of a chicken, mm-hmm. the wings of a supersized canary. As opposed oh, to, to the <laughs> chicken. But all right, go on. <laughs> no, as I, I've just, I'm, I'm reading it. The trunk of an elephant. They flutter around and lay eggs full of sleeping gas. Okay. They make sounds similar to a steam locomotive, including a signature steam whistle. Okay. And they are extremely hard to hurt. They Being were, part locomotive, yes. They, I, were given, I would imagine as much. they were given an AC of zero, which is a 5e equivalent to an AC of 20. They didn't really attack or do damage. Um, at most, maybe hit you with their trunks. Okay. But the best adventurers could do was either leave them be or not hurt them or their eggs. If you if you hurt one of them or their eggs, they would fly up airborne and lay an egg as a reaction to shock, which would potentially break from fall damage. And of course, these are full of... Sleeping gas? Sleeping gas, right. Okay. And so this was a particular figment of the imagination. And so this is sort of part of our ever-growing lore. So um, he asked for our amateur expert opinion on 
sort of sounds like a more hardcore flump. Yeah, doesn't it sound like a more hardcore flump, right? Yeah. Like they'll mostly leave you alone, but they can cause some problems if you start something. Yeah, exactly. But wouldn't that be great if you were if they sounded like steam locomotives? I mean, it's definitely something that's going to be slightly terrifying in a dark cave. Well, for sure. Yeah. Um, especially if you've never heard such a thing before. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder how they get the name, you know, with, with the, the locomotive part in there. Mm-hmm. In a world that may or may not have trains. As I said, this was... You had to do what you had to do. If oh, you no, could, but I'm, if you I'm going in-world, right? Yeah, in-world, right. Right. Because then that would be incredibly terrifying. Right, like, yeah, this is a, a novel sensation. <laughs> this is not baby. Boo, dude. Right? Yeah. Crack. But, it, yeah, so because, you know, elephant's trumpet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But instead of an elephant trumpet, it's just a steam whistle. <laughs> and, it, well, and again, you know, we got kind of the, the, the European-style fantasy, right? Like, what is an elephant? Yeah, what is an elephant, right? Like, that is a, a foreign entity. Now, you know, obviously 5th edition, we've got loxodons and, and mm-hmm. things like that, where the... The, the elephant noises might be more familiar to an adventurer depending on where they've been. But Right. Yeah, I can imagine that, that in, a, in a world that does not have the same levels of technology... Oh, a locomo chicken canary font? Yeah. I'm still wondering why the chicken font. and the canary. I'm, I'm trying to figure I, out the advantage to the canary. I'm not ways. sure. I'm not sure. Um, maybe because canaries actually can fly and... I mean, chickens... Can flutter. <laughs> Fly is generous. I mean, if they're only fluttering anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of the, the question true. of, like, you know, how much difference is it really? Well, they can flutter depending on how thick they are. I mean, if you're part loco- steam locomotive, then, yeah, you're probably not, uh, <laughs> kind probably of not chonky. known for your soaring grace. Kind of chonky, yeah. But yeah, I think we need to ruminate on the um, locomo chicken canary font for a little bit a little bit longer but you know if anyone wants you know i i told geronimus to write it up on dm's guild why the heck not you know i mean almost every creature in that monster manual is a wizard digit so at this point you know now oh there you go right steam locomotive everon but those aren't steam could they be though uh not really they not are really? they're elemental powered so mm. i would assume that but what if it's a wind elemental? <laughs> uh, no, in this case, it's a lightning elemental. Wind ah, elementals dang. are for airships. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess they are technically an airplane, Plane. like lightning elemental mm-hmm. is from the plane of air. Mm-hmm. So it's an air elemental, I suppose. But it's really kind of stretching it. But, I mean, yeah, it's still something that's going to make a, a fairly loud noise. See? Right, right. But it's not going to be the same as a, a steam whistle. Yeah, I'm just thinking I'm just of... that steam whistles couldn't exist in Eberron. I just don't know that they're going to be... On a train, like you don't have a ready source yeah. of steam. Yeah. Well, what if they're like a mockingbird? And where did they hear the steam whistle? <laughs> you know, I just like it's <laughs> yeah, it's you're you're going in circles. Oh yeah. Hey, I'm trying here. I'm trying to make the locomo <laughs> chicken canary font happen. I'm I am. not saying it couldn't. I'm, I'm just trying to put all the details together. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we get a really good like stat block. You know, everybody start working on that. But so these things were probably like in underground caves, or maybe you find them in the woods, mm-hmm. right? Like there's there's lots of options there, and I suppose to a certain extent that kind of gets us towards today's topic, right? 
which, you know, being slightly underground, maybe terrorizing some woods, is the bullet. Yes. The terrifying land shark, described heavily often as stupid. Yeah. And voracious. Stupid and voracious. These are straight Straight, from the Monster Manual. Monster Manual. Pick your edition. They are not kind to the bullet with its hearty intelligence. Now, so is it like a, is it bullet or is it bullet or is it? It's, you know, it's, it's French. It's fancy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think the, the common parlance is bullet. Bullet. Okay. But I mean, pronounce it how you will at your table to make sure that it's understood. Okay, well, if Mostly you want to make it sound... terrifying. Yeah, but you want to say, say boulet or something like that. Well, no, because it's E-T-T. Okay. It's not Target. It's not Target. Not sponsored, but I'm just it's saying. Not, no, not sponsored. Fancy. Fancy. Welcome to Minnesota. There you go. Oh, <laughs> now they know where we live, babe. Oh, no. Darn, it's not like it wasn't already on the internet. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. <laughs> But no, so the 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 bullet. I mean, it is a another of the tiny plastic dime store horrors. Yay! Um, Thank you, Gary. You know, when when you didn't have mini manufacturing or three D printing, or any of the the kind of modern technology, you went with the next best thing. Brock and Martyr. <laughs> yeah, the the five and dime and the kids' toy aisle for discounts. Find what you can. Mm-hmm. Um, this one in particular, this is this one sli- kind of slides in along the owlbear, and you know that that third plastic horror that kind of was part of that set, that original five and dime, the rust monster, mm-hmm. right? Like Which three very it. bizarre looking creatures. Well, now you gave it away. Now we got to do the rust monster next time. Hmm? Hey, if we're gonna do the whole set, gotta give them the trilogy. Gotta give them the trilogy. We start with the trilogy, and then we go from there. Okay, so bullet. Bullet, uh, described fairly commonly throughout all editions as sort of blue-gray on top, thick armored hide, huge gaping maw. Um, their, their kind of favored tactic is to burrow along just below the surface and leap from the ground, that jaw is... spread wide, consuming whatever is in their path. Thus the land shark. So it's a little bit like how great white sharks hunt. And so they come, go deep, deep down, and then come up from underneath their prey and just launch them up, you know. Imagine, if you would, a dark Bugs Bunny cartoon. Okay. Right? Dark Bugs Bunny's already pretty dark sometimes. That's valid. <laughs> Bugs Bunny's often not trying to eat you, though. That's true. But, it, you know, it's the kind of moving molehill, that, mm-hmm. like, tunnel just beneath the surface breaking open a little bit. Right. All hell has broken loose at this point. Right. And they are, exactly, they're voracious, usually solitary, rarely you'll find a mated pair, but depending on your edition, and 5th edition specifically calls this out, that mated pairs of bullets are a food source as much as a breeding source. Now we're praying mantises. Uh, worse. Worse. <laughs> they might start the combat before the before important the, part. Yeah, before the important part. It, it's, not, it's not like with praying mantis where it's like you... You know, you meet your, you impress your new wife, and then you, um, you know, consummate your marriage, and then she eats you. Right. <laughs> yeah, the eating might begin before that. It's it's sort of unclear. Yeah, exactly. And um, unlike the the owlbear egg debate of uh, <laughs> last time, we have no idea. We have no idea. Yeah, this is this is something where the the young of the species are never seen. Now, first edition calls out that very small. And very large specimens have been encountered. 
Um, the small, they don't give a size. They call it out by hit dice, which is kind of an odd parlance that was part of first edition that like hit dice also determine size in some cases. Mm-hmm. But the largest ones they do call out as being 11 foot high at the shoulder. Which is terrifying. So that's, you know, above a lot of first floor houses. Yeah. You know, first floor, ground floor, like where your roof is, is typically 11 feet. Yeah. Because that's like as high as our garage. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. It's size of a garage, everybody. Let's think about that. <laughs> and two car. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is like a two car garage coming out of the ground and um, attempting to devour you. Um, unless unless you're an elf. Okay. So this is another thing. All right. <laughs> and again, it goes all the way back, and they call out a couple things. So they say that number one, they do not want to eat elf, for whatever reason. Like they might kill an elf and then realize it's an elf and not eat it. Something about elves taste icky. I don't know if it's the fey magic. I don't know if it is the pointed ears feel funny in their mouth. I don't know what it is. Or maybe it's, so originally what it says almost in all of the editions as the bullet was made as, a wizard did it, my favorite explanation, um, a cross between an armadillo and a snapping turtle. And then you add some demon icor. Which is like demon blood or goo. So maybe demons so don't like demon eating elves? So demons don't like eating elves? Or dwarves. That's another one it specifically calls out. Right. But. Or doesn't like the taste yeah, of dwarf. Yeah, doesn't like the taste of dwarf. But they apparently love halfling. In fact, I forget, I believe it, it might even be 5th edition. Or it's either 5th or 1st. Those are the two that kind of give us the most detail. It says that they're never more happy than chasing halflings across an open field. I in mean, case you're a halfling player and you need another reason to fear things that go bump in the night, yeah, we got it. Fear the ground. Yeah, I think I saw some art of like a bullet trying to push down a tree mm-hmm. that yeah, had that's first a half, that had a halfling in it. Yeah. Yeah, they are they are all about that halfling. But they also talked about like halflings in first edition, um, live in burrows. Right. And the bullets will dig them out of their burrows. Which I think is profiling. <laughs> and profiling is wrong. <laughs> I mean, if we look at something driven by instinct to eat, the easy meal is probably the best. And when you're already underground... Yeah. Not saying at all that the halflings deserve it by living in their, their nice underground dwellings. Mm-hmm. But you are that much closer to the bullet mouth. This is true. Although, from what it, they, but from what of this land shark in particular that they say, you're never really far from a from a bullet mouth, really. Yeah, it's interesting. That like, it's how like far are we from it, really? They're rare, but at the same time, we, they are constantly hunting. Yeah, we we could have one happen right now. Just bust into the side. That's true. And actually, that was that was another thing. Is it's fifth edition calls out that they're after food, like all you know creatures. Mm-hmm. But. Specifically in 3.5, it mentions the acidity of their stomach melting even magic items. Right. So let's say you manage to make it alive into the stomach. You don't want to be there. No, you don't. At all. No. Like, even less so than normally being devoured. So those of you that might be into some sort of bullet vor situation... Oh, crap. It always comes it. back to vor. Gosh, dang it. Every time. Every time. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Now yeah. you now you know now you know that you know we be, we belong with in the Inside Check Pod Network because it's back to four. 
Gosh, freaking dang it, I quit. Do not get eaten by bullets. I quit. It's a bad time. Nothing survives. Yes. Although, I would say if you can somehow contain one, that is the ultimate garbage disposal. Yes. Because if it is chewing through magic items, Mm -hmm. that's it. There's nothing else. See, those... Like, magic items are supposed to survive everything. Yeah. Nope. Not bullet stomach acid. If you manage to take one down, if you can somehow contain that acid... That is now the most useful acid you can have on hand. Because mm-hmm. it sure. is going to melt everything. Everything. Right. I mean, you can get rid of pesky visitors. You can get Which rid also of tells you how tough is people. that stomach. Right. To stand up to that acid. Right. Well, and the thing is, back to, um, so we can get into the biology a little bit. Um, turtle stomachs are real nasty. That's true. They are really nasty. So... I remember even growing up, I we had accidentally caught while fishing a so, a leopard softshell turtle, and I was worried. Which are big. Yeah, which are big, and I was worried. I telling my dad, I'm like, oh, holy crap, the hook's inside, and he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> that thing will dissolve. You That's know. That's true. And, very yeah, acidity, quick. And don't they? I can't remember if turtles have a, a gizzard or a gizzard equivalent of like grinding stones. They do not. Okay. Not as far as I know. Although now I'm going to look it up because now I'm... Right, like this is an important question. This is an important question. How terrifying can we make this stomach? How terrifying can we make this stomach? The true monster is not the bullet. It's its stomach. It is true. Well, you already don't want to get in there to begin with. And also that mouth is huge. True. You know. Um, Yeah, no, they call it like an eight foot diameter mouth. Yeah. Again, back to like this is a two car garage. This is your garage door is opening and consuming you. Yep. Just And your horse. And all of your magic items. And all of your stuff. Like there's no chew, there's just consumption. Yep. Nope. Turtles have simple stomachs. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yep. No, what you're thinking about of rocks is sometimes uh, crocodilians like alligators and crocodiles swallow rocks to help them uh, dive. See, that's what you do. If you wanna do Diving lessons. You don't need weights or anything. You just swallow a bunch of rocks. <laughs> Talk to your doctor before swallowing rocks. rocks. Just like one of reptiles. us is a doctor, but it's not that kind of doctor. Hey, it's true. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, anyway, you say it all the time. No, I do, and that's why because any anytime anybody talks to me, they're like, "Here, what's this weird rash?" I'm like, "Please don't show me your weird rash. I don't know anything." Show me your D and D monsters, not your weird rash. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag not your weird rash. <laughs> Give us more locomo chicken canary fans. Yeah, locomo chicken canary fans. That I can do, for sure. Now um, those are crawling on you. Different story. Let's see that. Yeah, let's see that. Now that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay, where were we? <laughs> um, yeah, no, with, with snapping turtles. I mean, yeah, oh, turtle stomachs are turtles. acidic. Yeah, they very. Chew through wires, they will take out hooks, no yeah, problem. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Oh, and you gotta think about that. I mean, they're eating all kinds of stuff, and again, they're swallowing most of it. Yeah. You know, swallowing fish, cracking mollusks, eating worms. Right. Well, they don't really chew. Like, it's yeah, sort it's... of back to the. They also, most of them have a beak of some type, you know. Um, and we were talking about this earlier with. Hard kind of keratin Yeah, the shell. hard kind of keratin shell, but like for a snapping turtle. Is also an ambush predator. Right. Right. So a bull that's an ambush predator, but it's more kind of, of kind of. It's the I've I've gotten the tremor session. I got tremor sense, and I'm just kind of coming. I open the mouth, and, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, well yeah. I'm saying snapping turtles are. It's the whole like sit still. Yes. Hang your mouth open. 
Some of them will use their tongue as a lure. Well, a lot of them have a specialized shaped tongue as a lure. Like, they'll sit there for hours, sometimes days, just waiting for a dumb fish to come by and... Well, that was... I forget what program that was that it called. It was a type of turtle in, in Russia... Mm-hmm. That they figured out that they only came up to breathe every twelve hours, and the first oh. comment was, "What grad student had to sit?" That and was me. Count, that was me. Count how long it takes them to breathe. Yeah, what grad student sat there out in the cold in Russia and counted the number of times these turtles breathed? You know, over the course of a day. How long was the GoPro out there, and yeah. how much footage did they have to review? Yeah. You know, how much? Or was it old school like clipboard, Board. like tally marks? <laughs> God damn me. <laughs> Determining time by beard growth. So like, how often do bullets breathe? Um, you know. We don't know. We don't know. But, but we can try to make that judgment call. But yeah, the the, the turtles are going to sit there, they're going to lure something, and they're going to wait. Right. This All doesn't seem like a bullet. waiting kind no. of creature. This is just move forward, consume. Sleep sometime. Um, and it was, Maybe. Right? <laughs> um, fourth edition calls out an, an underground cyst. So, like, they might oh, yeah. hide themselves in some sort of, like, small sub subsurface layer. I wouldn't yeah. even call it subterranean. They, they mentioned... I wouldn't call it small, either, yeah, if they were the true. size of a garage. <laughs> but it's, you know, they only, they say maybe several dozen feet. So we're mm-hmm. talking within the first probably couple hundred feet of Earth. Subterranean is probably giving them a little too much credit. Right. You know, these are, are shallow surface predators. Yep. Um, and they will hunt above ground. They're perfectly capable. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like, and, and that's where the armadillo piece comes in, I think. Right. You look at a lot of the feet. They've got the long, curling, yep. ivory nails. So, yeah, so that's, if you look at grinding. the art, yeah, if you look at the art a little bit, because they've got sort of this, sort of that armor plate, but, you know, sort of over the top of the head and over the back, and these um, claws, which have, very, look very armadillo-like, right, um, for digging and for burrowing. And armadillos do burrow. Although, usually it's just to root around to get food and maybe a small burrow to sleep in. And really, there are not a huge number of armadillos, and I was looking this up, um, of armadillo species. But, you know, armadillo makes sense. These are things that are are heavily armored. Um, You know, their their armor is Mm -hmm. well-renowned amongst people for, for making shields and armor plating. Right. Um, Critical Role used that actually to, to pretty good effect for uh, armoring their their pet bear trinket. Right. You know this was in in the first campaign. Yeah, spoilers. the kind of yeah spoilers. Yeah. Three year old spoilers. Three year old spoilers. Sorry, some of us are slow at getting it done. How about that Briarwood arc, y'all? <laughs> Gosh, you're never gonna get that no. thing finished. Okay. Someday. Someday when we're but retired. Yeah, but no, they. I mean, they they encountered a bullet and they. When they did manage to finally finish it off, they, they purposefully pulled a lot of the armor plating off to try right. to use it to armor their bear. And honestly, it's probably about the same size, and you know, a smaller one. Yeah. Not the garage-sized ones. Yeah, not the garage-sized ones. Um, yeah, so when it comes to armadillos, um, there are um, nine extinct genres, so no longer around anymore, um, but 21 extant species. That's a new word for everyone. For everyone. Extinct means they're gone. Extant means they're alive. So, that's a new one. 
Um, and usually they're distinguished by just the number of bands on their armor. Right, right. well, so, there's like seven, nine, mm-hmm. eleven. Yep, so of, like nine banded are pretty common. Um, so those are the ones that are in the, kind of the southeast, southwestern United States. Right, so. That, you know, that's kind of the, you think of an armadillo like curling up into a ball mm-hmm. or like sort of that rounded back yes. shape. That's yeah. usually your nine So, bands. yeah, so you have a nine banded or a long nosed armadillo. There's seven banded. Um, Southern long-nosed armadillo, Lanos long-nosed armadillo, greater long-nosed armadillo, hairy long-nosed armadillo, and Yipis mulidia, and a beautiful armadillo. Um, There are also subspecies, greater fairy armadillo, and pink fairy armadillo. And those are the ones that are like furry, almost look like moles. Yes, almost look like moles, and actually are a little bit more closer related to moles a bit. Um, there's also the Screaming Hairy Armadillo. If yes. anyone wants to look up a fun video, look up Screaming Hairy Armadillo. <laughs> that is a very funny noise. Yes, that is a hilarious noise. I, I would attempt to replicate it, but it's, no, just, it's worth you no. looking it up. Yep. Uh, Big Hairy Armadillo, Andean Hairy Armadillo. I think Big Hairy Armadillo is what they used to call me on Tuesdays. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> no. Get out. <laughs> um... Horned armadillo, six-banded armadillo, peaky. That's just the name. And then All there's right. northern naked tail armadillo. All right. Uh, what do you think? That What's that word? Uh, Shakoan naked tail armadillo? Yep. Um, southern naked tail armadillo, greater naked tail armadillo, giant armadillo, southern three-banded armadillo, Brazilian three-banded armadillo. There you go. Most of these are very creatively named. Very creative. Where they found them and what they look like. Yes. Welcome to biology. Probably the best name that I have ever grew up with, having grown up in the South, is a lot of people called them Texas landmines. Because when you scare armadillos, a lot of them have a habit of jumping straight up in the air, and nothing takes out a semi's undercarriage quite like an armadillo. And there, back to jumping. So, bullets. Now we've come back around to bullets. What is one of the bullets' main attacks? Um, besides biting and, and, and attempting to claw you, they will leap at you with all four feet. So, I mean, there's there's your armadillo, right? It, it's burrowing, it's digging, it's got this massive snapping turtle jaw, jaw. <laughs> but it's armored, it's got you know big digging claws, and it is gonna do some damage. I mean, their their goal right. is to just consume yep. things. So if we go to the stats, because we haven't done stats yet for at least fifth edition, one of their abilities is called Standing Leap, where a bullet's long jump is up to thirty feet, or in that case ten meters, and high jump of up to fifteen feet, which is about you know four. Four or five four, meters. Four, five, four to five meters, with or without a running start. We have bite, which is a plus seven to attack. Reach of five feet. This is a big, just. <laughs> and of course, you can hit, which is four d twelve plus four piercing damage. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. But yeah, well, and that's and the so, thing too is it's you know they've got this leap, but right. they also have a speed of forty feet, both on, on the, ground the ground and under the ground. And in it. And in it, you, you're not escaping this thing. Like it's nope. taking down a horse. Yep. And it wants to. Right. I mean, no wonder halflings are doomed. They're not keeping up with a forty foot move speed. Nope. And they have dark vision for sit for uh, sixty feet or you know up to twenty meters. 
Tremor Sense, the same amount. Um, they also have Deadly Leap, which is even better. Oh, it gets better, guys. They have all the leaps. They've got Get a monopoly on leaping. Yes. Bullet jumps at least 15 feet or 4 to 5 meters as part of its movement, then use this action to land on its feet in a space that contains one or more creatures. Each of those creatures must succeed a DC 16 strength or deck saving throw, target's choice, or be knocked prone, and take 3d6 plus 4 bludgeoning damage plus 14 or 3d6 plus 4 slashing damage. Because it just landed on you on a successful save, the creature takes only half damage, isn't knocked prone, and is pushed five feet out of the bullet space into an unoccupied space. So if you need the most horrifying pun-based villain, they will train nine bullets and call them the nine lords of leaping. Ow. Why do you do this? Why do you do this to me? Why? 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 I mean, they have, like, all these leaps. I know. Anyway. I didn't choose the word crime life. Word crime chose me. Word crime chose you. <laughs> if I was a warlock, my patron would be word crime. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I thought we... But, hey, our good friend Caledron on Twitter, Cal, came up with the DM's Guild for uh, Bard. Word crime Bard. You know. That is true. Which he is also a similar criminal. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Don't act all innocent over there. Although, back to training teams, right? Yeah, it good luck. It says here, it's like even less than owlbears, all right? It says here, it's like, one, they don't like each other. Two, they'll eat each other. Okay, so train is a loose term. <laughs> Capture and release simultaneously. <laughs> They'll eat each other, and they s- supposedly come together to mate at some point, but no one's ever seen babies and don't know where they're at. Somewhere there is an evil wizard factory just just jamming just, just, armadillos and snapping turtles together. Yeah, just jamming. Showering them in some, demon blood. Yeah, and showering them in demon blood, and off we go, right? You know, that apparently is the only There's way. There's your big bad. There's right? your big bad, right. There you Stop go. Stop the production of these horrifying monsters. Yes. Like, most of the time, there's got to be some redeeming quality. No. The, re- the redemption is not having them near you. Yeah, especially because it says here, very specifically, that this is a wandering monster. Yeah, there's no lair. There's no lair. There's no, it's in a cave up the hill. No, it shows up, it wrecks your town, it moves on. And feeds on any animals or humans it comes across. Um, and that it just has a roaming territory about 30 miles wide. So, you know... Pretty great. Um, and also, the only sole criteria is there's food in it. And food, again, is a loose term, right? Like yeah, it's, this is it's very loose. Living matter, basically. Yeah. Like, they're going to knock down trees. They're going to go after horses and, and humanoids and other creatures. It says it likes humanoid and, settlements. Yeah, I mean, yep. an apparently halfling settlements. Halfling settlements in particular. <laughs> like, it's a good thing these things are not Middle-earth. We would be stuck with Sauron because there would be no Shire. No, there'd be no shade. A bullet shredded hell. (laughs) Bullet shredded hellscape. That's it. (laughs) Also, if anyone wants it, free band name: Bullet Shredded Hell. Bullet Shredded Hell. Yeah. Just we've got. I thought Tooth Shroud was our good one from from last time. Was gotta have a good band name. Gotta have a good band name. So there we go. We've that's our other segment: band name. You know. Uh, I think that just happens organically. (laughs) 
also a good band name that happens organically. organically. There you go. We win. Okay. Now we got to get into, eventually, into the ecology of such a critter, right? So I know we were having the discussion earlier that, you know, when it comes to burrowing creatures, right, armadillos, snapping turtles, it's it's a small burrow, but it's not a, like a continuous Yeah, it's not thing. really a burrow versus this is like, the legit is like a land shark. Right. Right. And so behaviorally, they're more like a mole. Like, and moles are constantly burrowing, kind of under the surface, moving around all the time, also voracious eaters. But moles are smarter. Well, moles are definitely smarter, for sure, because we were reading about this earlier, thanks Wikipedia, as well as a few other sources, on that moles will actually make traps. So when you are out in your yard and you see a little mole trail, and you can usually tell what it is because, as you said, it's sort of the Bugs Bunny, right? right? Where it's like there's this movement or whatever. What they do is they dig this tunnel, and they'll sit in it, and they have also very good tremor sense. But the idea is is that they're interested in earthworms and bugs, usually. And those bugs will be crawling through the soil, minding their own business, and then all of a sudden they fall into this tunnel because, wait, there's no soil there anymore. Now it's just air. And they will fall into the tunnel, and then the mole will rush over and then eat whatever fell into the tunnel. And so they make these long tunnels that are basically traps for insects and for earthworms. And so now I'm thinking... If you had a thing this big that made traps. It would be truly horrifying. Like, yes. Like, that's the next level evolution. Where's the awakened bullet? <laughs> like, let's we make this awaken truly horrifying. Yep. Awakening monsters is a great way to up the ante. Right? Yes. Like, it's, it's an easy lever to pull, and I don't feel like it gets pulled enough. That's true. That's true. Because, I mean... Dragons, sure. Like, it's Dungeons and Dragons, and it's like, and dragons are literally like, you know. They're intelligent creatures. They're an intelligent creature, right? Which is what makes them terrifying. Because not only are they a giant freaking monster, but they are also can be spellcasters and know more than you do. (laughs) And it's what makes things like kobolds terrifying, is, you know, the pack tactics leverage that, right? If you've never heard of it, Tucker's Kobolds are the ultimate example of how to leverage such a minimal enemy. To great effect. Mm-hmm. The story is out there. If you haven't heard it somehow, do yourself a favor. The next time you're looking to run a low-level game, look up Tucker's Kobolds. Horrify your players. Old School Dungeon Crawl, kind of the short version here. Old School Dungeon Crawl, layer by layer, monsters get tougher and tougher, but you have to work your way in and out of this dungeon every time. And the, the, the DM's name was Tucker, and the way that he set it up was that the first couple of levels were just riddled with traps and bolt holes and, like, dozens and dozens of kobolds. They work together. They're not individually smart, but collectively, and their trap making, it is just a meat grinder. So you've got to think about the intelligence level. Now, with a, a classic bullet, they have an intelligence of, what, two? Two, yes. So that would be a modifier of minus four. Yeah, they're they are struggling to guess what charisma is not real high either. Yeah, you're talking about a creature that it's like if the intelligence was much lower, you really wouldn't even it, it might as well be a, a solid gelatinous cube. Yeah, right? like it's moving forward and consuming, and which is kind of what it does now already. Right, but. it like it's smart enough to know that it can jump on things and like that's the limit of its capabilities. 
But if you give this thing, like if there's a smarter version or an awakened version, hell, the awakened version might only make it to like what? Intellect of eight. Right? Like <laughs> modify the spell. They may not, still might not be that smart. Like this is a, a low intelligence creature. They call it that several times across the editions. But it, give it the basic knowledge of, of, you know, feeling backwards through its tunnels. Leverage the tremor sense. Right? And it's, if you don't, if you aren't in a space to have a trap, this is a living trap in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's just a big old mouth. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a moving mouth. Um, but it, it can be valuable treasure. You know, obviously, you know, having thick armor, um, especially if you were ever to set this in a world that may not have a lot of metal. So things like Dark Sun, it could be very, very useful. Or worlds like that that are apocalyptic or, you know, early technology yeah. where you don't have a lot of metal. And thinking this about is natural, thick, tough armor. I mean, yeah. what is the AC on these things? 17? 17, yep. Yeah. And, well, thinking about Dark Sun, right? So the thing is, is that is a arid world. Right. Full of sand. There's even those, what, silt rivers? Yeah. Yes. So we had seas played of a, silt, yeah, like seas that. of silt. We had played a dark sun campaign, you know, ages ago. But that brings me to another thought of another creature, a real life creature, that a bullet sort of is like, and that is called a common skink, or what's called a sandfish. So look them up. They're from Africa. They are kind of adorable, actually. Um, yeah, they're about the size of a hand. Like yes. they're not nearly as horrifyingly large. Yeah, they are a they are a little reptile, little lizard. They have a very sort of um, it's a shovel shaped a shovel shaped head. head. And the thing is, they swim through the sand. Yeah, they move very very quickly in sand. You can find some short videos where like they'll be set down on sand and kind of you'll kind of tap them and they disappear. I mean, it is like a snap of the fingers, and this thing is gone. And so I can see a boulette, in that case, you know, doing quite well. And that is, you know, the sort of shovel-shaped, like, ship's prow wow. kind of head. Yep. They're flat-backed. So unlike, you know, the armadillo, they're, you know, that has a lot of the arched, sort of ridged back. They kind of waddle along. No, this is a, a long, flat-topped creature. Now, it's streamlined. And heck, if you found one, you could probably find one sleeping maybe just below the surface and walk on it and wake it up. Right. There's a fantastic way to come across this because, again, you know, you're talking about a creature. It's got, you know, round, small eyes that are deep set, tiny nostrils, presumably probably to keep out the dirt and things as well, they're digging. Well, and that's similar to a mole like we've talked about before. Like, moles have very minimal eyes and ears, and they don't really use them all that much because they don't really need them. Right, you know, it's, it's all about the sensation through their whiskers, through their fur, fur through their, their feet. feet. And also smell. Right. Yep. And so, yeah, with, with a tremor sense, with dark vision, this is a, a tunneling animal. Um, and it's going to be something that, again, you could come across one sleeping. You could come across one that has, like, recently burrowed, and you can find the boreholes right. as signs that something's in the area. Right? Because it's, it's going to be obvious when something that big is going through the soil. You a small have, one's a minivan. Yeah, you, know? you can have a b- above average intelligence one that's made a trap for you. Just like a mole does. Where there's just a tiny layer of soil above it and a tunnel and you fall into it. And then you're screwed. Um, and then you hear the rumble. <laughs> and then you hear the rumble and then that's it. You yeah, there's don't a hear, rumble and a mouth. Yeah, you hear nothing else. Because... Even with the original sort of thought where this was, you know, a cross between, like, an armadillo and a snapping turtle, the thing is, it's like, it behaves a lot more 
like a mole does. I mean, they have the jump a bit like an armadillo does. Sure. Snapping turtles don't jump. No, you know? especially the big ones. And the thing is... You wouldn't want them to. No. And the thing is, is there's really only a few species of turtles, and I'm not saying, like, uh, specifically tortoises, which burrow. So a good example is the gopher tortoise, which also makes a big, long tunnels. And actually, they share their... So there's an excellent um, uh, podcast episode, Ologies, by Allie Ward, about turtles and tortoises, but particularly, like, how gopher tortoises share their tunnels with other animals. Well, let's wouldn't share. No, they don't share. They eat everything. <laughs> but when it comes to burrowing creatures, right, you may right. have something that is communal. Yeah, communal, and then you have this big, long, you know, sort of tunnel or whatever. And but it's that's not the only, to like, say, turtle. Right, yeah, life. that's the only turtle that, that, that burrows really, really deeply yeah, or, or you know, long extensively. distance. Yeah. But who's to say that, you know, something else isn't using a left-behind bullet tunnel or vice versa, right. that it's traveling through something else's tunnel? Yes. There are certainly other tunneling creatures in the D&D universe, right? You oh, for sure. Purple worms or on the grand scale things all the way up to, like, the Tarrasque, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's these are things that live underground mm-hmm. that have to move around down there. Now, some of it's going to be natural cave systems, but it can't all be natural caves. It's just... It's not how geology works. Yeah, and that's something that I've thought about, too. A lot of the time when you see these different settings, it's like, oh, well, you'll see this bullet, you know, even, for example, Critical Role, and we love them and everything, but the bullet being in the Underdark actually doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because this is a animal that is, you know, near the surface, right? And burrowing, and not burrowing, mining, not, not boring. Mining, not boring, right? In, you know... Soil, not stone, right? It's like it, there's no, and also there's hardly any food down there, right? Yeah, the Underdark is a lot of cave networks and, and open empty space, right? And just small conclaves most yes. of the time. Now, certainly, there probably is a world or a space where the Underdark is a little bit more populated. Mm-hmm. Some of the Underdark and Undermountain areas underneath Waterdeep and things like that, sure. But as much as this thing needs to eat, no, no. It would definitely be, you're more likely to run into a bullet up in the forest, or you're halfling across, halfling across an open field, poor guy, or then you're going to run into them where you're in the ar- underdark, you know. In the early phases. In the early phases. Like on the phases, way down, right, on the, on way, the out. way down, and on the way out. But it's like, you're not going to run into a bullet the same day you run into a Duergar. No, well, unless, and here's just a thought, unless the Duergar have somehow captured they, I things, knew you were going to say. <laughs> right? Put it in a gladiator arena. Right? This is the oh, release yeah. the lion moment. Release mm-hmm. a bullet into a gladiator. Your party is captured. They're in some type of gladiator arena. The gates open, and there is just an eight-foot mouth staring them in the face. And then end the, end the session. Yeah. Now Set them up for next go. week. Set them like, up for next week. There, now everyone does sleep. Yep. <laughs> right? Yeah. This is your terror mole. Yeah, this is your terror mole. Also, this will help, um, and maybe I should have done this for our own campaign. This will keep everyone from wanting to make every creature that you interact with your pet. That's true. Because. Good luck. Yeah. Because I don't. One, it's large monstrosity, so now you can't use animal handling because it's not an animal, right? Two, it's so dumb <laughs> that I don't think it can be reasoned with. It is of such low intellect. Or bribed. Um, 
guess what, everybody? It put all its um, scores into strength and con. I'm sure you're stunned. <laughs> so, yeah. So the next time when they're like, oh, let me keep the owlbear or let me keep this, it's like, throw this thing at him. Yeah, now that'll cure them of that. <laughs> you can try. You can try. Everyone. You can always try everything you can, once. You can do anything once. You can do anything once. <laughs> So there it is. There's the bullet. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we covered everything. You can think of everything? No? Well, uh, we'd like to thank everybody um, for listening. Um, if you got suggestions, I think we decided, uh, like earlier, I guess we'll do the Rust Monster next time. Might as well. Yeah, might as well. We'll give the trilogy. and then. But um, after that, if you could make suggestions of what you would like us to hear to do next, that would be great. Um, we would also love any of your fun stories. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be your own original creature, like the Locomo Chicken Canary font. Right. Um, it can be just something fun that happened with the bullet. Or, or, or an owlbear. Or anything, really, you know, that happened in your games lately of different animals or different monstrosities and wacky hijinks. Um, we'd love to hear about it. And if you would like us to feature it on our creature feature, we will do that. Um, thanks to everybody in the Insight Check pod for letting us to keep doing this um, and for all their great uh, feedback and support. And they can, of course, um, send any of those questions and creature feature to Insight Check pod. Yes. So, yeah. So on Twitter at Insight Check pod, um, Air will get it to us. Um, hopefully <laughs> he's good at it. So there shouldn't be a problem. Uh, we'd like to thank Embers Tide for making our adorable music. Um, that you hear it at the beginning and at the end. We would like to thank Burnham, um, which is with three M's, who is the artist for Insight Check Pod, um, for making our beautiful banner, as well as giving all of our friends faces. Without you, they wouldn't have faces. So, thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Keep rolling. A natural 20. Um, That's right, my joke's write their own jokes <laughs> all of them bad <laughs> but at least you know this is oh, I'm well aware this is type of, no I'm not talking to you I'm talking to them oh. <laughs> I'm just warning them ahead of time you know if you if you like pain you know this is this is how it goes um, this is quality content this is quality content you know <laughs>